Sounds like we're ready for camp. <laughs> My goodness, I was hearing you singing before we, before even the, any, the song service started. We were, you're, you're, the atmosphere was already primed. Amen. I think the Lord wants to do something special. 
We're in great anticipation of what the Lord will do. I just want to welcome everybody to, to camp. We welcomed uh, just in the earlier part of the day with the campers and such, but in the service tonight, if you've come on grounds and partake of the services this weekend, we welcome you tonight in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our visitors from afar that have come in, we welcome you as well. We did indeed already, but again, pray you have a wonderful time of fellowship, not just with his people, but with our Lord Jesus. We had a, a wonderful junior camp, and I just wanted to urge you young people as we would start these weekend of services. We took uh, the, the skit on the second night, and we portrayed the woman at Jesus' feet, Mary, and uh, how in desperation, where she was at, she was in a desperate moment. And she did whatever it took to get to his feet. Whatever it took. She plowed through a whole lot of mind battles. She plowed through a whole lot of circumstances. Uh, What it looked like, what people would say about her. It was all there. And it's all here. It's all here because the same devil that was plaguing her, telling her you just shouldn't do it. You shouldn't get to his feet. It it just won't do anything. Look what the people will say. Look what they're going to talk about. It didn't matter. At some point, something broke, and she says, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get to the feet of Jesus. And she broke through, and her life was changed. There was a little woman who got to the hem of his garment because she broke through. Whatever it took, she climbed over. She pushed over. She threw aside whatever she needed to do. She did it. I say, tonight, tomorrow, do whatever it takes. Press through the crowd. Break down the rooftop. Throw the thatch aside. Maybe you need some friend to say, I need to get to Jesus. Help me get through tonight. Help me get through tomorrow morning. I need to get to him because he's the answer to my problem. That's why we're here. Not just to fill a chair. But you say, Lord Jesus, tonight as we open this service, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get to your feet. Because I'm not going to walk off these campgrounds the same person. And some of you might be so far. Oh my, I'm so far from him right now. You weren't as far as the little lady that brought oil and kissed his feet and washed it with her hair. You aren't that far. You might think you are. But if she could get there, you can get there. Amen? Amen. That's why we're having camp. Let's ask him to come this morning, this evening. Heavenly Father, that is indeed the burden, the drive, the zeal of our soul. Is that each one of us would be, Lord, tonight. Tonight, Lord. Let's let's forget about tomorrow. But this moment, at this time, at this hour, we want to be at the feet of Jesus. Lord Jesus, if we could break through and just press through, Lord Jesus, so much of the mind that Satan, Lord, would be speaking and trying to hinder our, your people. But, Lord Jesus, we're a merry people. Lord, we're those that would break through a roof. Lord, there's those around here that will support and do whatever it takes so that someone could reach you tonight. So, Lord, may we pull on your word. May this weekend, Lord, be a supernatural encounter. Lord, may no one leave here without, Lord, receiving something from the throne of God. Oh, God, we have needs amongst our people, whether it be in soul, spirit, or body. Lord, you are the supernatural God. Lord, you can meet every need of this hour. So we are dedicating this time. May you consecrate these grounds. Consecrate this tent, Lord, as a sanctuary for the living God. That, Lord, our children, 
our little ones, our young people would know that the God of the Bible, the God that was with the little lady on her feet or on her face before you is the same God today. Lord, may Hebrews 13, 8, Lord, so ring out that our young people, oh God, would have a personal encounter and know that if he's my parents' God, he's not just my daddy's God, but he is my God. Oh God, meet us tonight. Anoint Brother Wayne for service, Lord, through this weekend. Anoint Brother David for service this weekend. Lord, we're going to come. We're going to forget about the day. We're going to forget about the week. And we're going to focus our eyes of faith on your word tonight, we pray. So we dedicate tonight and the weekend and this camp in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Take your people. Do as you desire with us, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. To God be the glory. Great things he has done and will do and is doing. Amen. Let's have camp. God bless you. Brother Ryan. Amen. I'll keep you standing just a minute. Brother Jonas Schumacher is going to come and sing for us. Maybe just as he does come, let's sing. Uh, there is none like you. No one else can touch my heart like you do. Brother Jonas, if you'd like to come. Oh, there is none like you, none like you, Lord Jesus. No one else can touch my heart the way that you do. And I could search for all eternity, Lord, and find there is none like. Can we just sing it to him again? Sing it in worship. There's none like you, Lord. Oh, there is none like you. search for all eternity, Lord, and find there is none like you. Amen. You may have your seats. Oh. 
We were like that little girl Dead in all our sin Till Jesus touched this heart of mine And gave me life again I'm just a house of clay But ever since that blessed day there's a light that shines in me for all the world to see. That he's in the house, a death has to flee. And now there is light where darkness used to be. Sing with me how great is our God. And we'll just turn the service to our brother Tom to introduce our brother Wayne. We're happy to have him back here with us. Amen. Let's just sing this together. The splendor of a king. Yeah. 
I believe we can praise him tonight. Amen. Give him all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. Worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb of God. What's your expectation level? I want to ask you, is this going to be just a meeting? Or is this going to be a meeting above all meetings? God is not a God of decrease. He's a God of increase. And we don't want to come in on a decrease to come increase. We want to increase where we've already been increased. How many remember last camp? Are you at that level tonight? I want to hear, are you at that level tonight? Amen. We're going, we're going to praise God. We're going to thank God for this camp. If you need salvation, this is your camp. You want deliverance, this is your camp. Amen. We didn't come here to be seen. We come here to have an encounter and a meeting with Almighty God. God has given us the privilege and the honor to have our brother Wayne Lawson here from Ohio. True Word Tabernacle. Assisting brother Ray Erickson. A man of God who I love dearly. And part of the family is here. Brother Brian and sister Lucille. My, you made, you made our, our camp special. And all that have joined. Daniel and Liddy from all the way from Switzerland and everywhere from across Canada. God bless you. But don't, don't just come to this camp. Please. Just to have a mediocre camp. I'm not interested in a mediocre camp. I'm interested in pulling on the word of God that is in the man of God that it would not be Brother Wayne operating the gift, but it'd be you and I pulling on the gift that God could do a supernatural work in all of our lives. Amen. A lot of effort has been put in to make this camp possible. And I can't thank the saints enough that have put their shoulder to the wheel to do this. But this is going to be something very special if you put your order in. How many want God to individually speak to your heart? Amen. He's the name above. We invite Brother Wayne Lawson to come and minister to us this evening. tremendous isn't he amen we serve the god of abraham a man who has made himself known among us in this age in such a way a man that has that has captured our hearts have left us in service of him and a prisoner of his might amen i'll tell you it's it's a tremendous time to serve the lord it's 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 a season like never before for the uh, for the men and women of god to serve him i I'd like to say it's a great honor to be here with you again and 
Amen. We're um, in great expectation of what the Lord will do. And amen. We had a wonderful time with you last year, stepping into the presence of God, and uh, it was a tremendous time. We want to thank Brother Biscoll and Brother Tom, Brother Michael, you men of God, and all of you servants. That God bless you. Thank you for letting us be here with you. We're sharing again with Brother David, one of our friends, and Amen. It's it's a tremendous uh, time to be able to fellowship with each other. But um, we, we come here with something on our heart. We come here uh, to speak something that the Holy Spirit could get a hold of. And that we would have our lives changed. That we would never be the same. That we could look at this camp and say it was from that time. From that, from that camp, something has been different. And that's, that's what we would like to see, amen, a change. Uh, we want to tonight just to bow our hearts in a word of prayer. First night of this meeting, we want to take just a moment and ask the Lord to accept it in the dedication. I wonder if you'd just take someone by the hand, maybe lay your hand up on someone. And I want you to pray and ask God to take a hold of the person beside you and do something powerful and wonderful in their life. Almighty God. We are enacting the greatest force known to man. As believers, we are speaking the word of God over one another. In the oneness of unity, your prophet spoke that word. And it was a great wind come through the building as a result of the spoken word of God. Now, Lord, we are enacting our God-given privilege tonight to speak your name over every situation. We speak the name of Jesus tonight over this camp meeting, over the next services that are coming. We dedicate this grounds. We dedicate our lives. We dedicate our beings, Lord. And we surrender, Lord, our heart, mind, souls, and body. And Lord, is one another here tonight laying hands on each other. We pray, Father, that the delivering angel would step in this building. And may the great deliverance, Lord, come as you would move through this building with your great anointing tonight. That your word would be sharpened, Lord, as a great sword. It would come into the lives of your people. Father, I pray that depression be cut away from the mind and fear from the souls. Lord, I pray that every binding spirit that would hold your children of criticism and unbelief and doubt. May the powers of hell be broken tonight, Father. As we have come together as your children, Lord, to worship you in your august presence. We are not here, Lord, for just another meeting with one another. We have come for an encounter with you. And we expect, oh God, to be changed, Lord. Our hearts, our lives, our minds, our bodies, Lord. We're asking you to let us worship you in a way that we've never known. May you take us in your realm, Lord, where all things are possible tonight. And may the omnipotence of God break over this building, over every life, over every ministry, Lord. Over your deacons and your trustees, over the video, over the music, Lord. May the great hand of the Almighty God, may you orchestrate this under your divine will. We're asking you, Lord, let the miracles of God begin in our souls. Let it happen in this building. Prayer, Lord, has went out. Hearts have come here. We feel the expectation of a miraculous atmosphere, Lord, where all things are possible. And, Lord, we commit these things to you now. We put them in your faithful hand. And lead us, Lord, in thy word tonight. Father, we are inviting you to the platform. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And amen. And God bless you tonight. If you have your Bibles. 
we would like to turn in the scripture in the book of Daniel, the 11th chapter, the 32nd verse. Uh, there is a few things we would like to share with you tonight, and um, we're um, going to be looking at a continuity of thoughts throughout this weekend. And uh, there's some things that uh, I believe that are very important to us as the bride of Christ and to you as a young generation. Um, if you don't mind, I'm just going to preach the, the word as we see it this weekend. And uh, I, I believe that it's exactly uh, the, the time period that we're living in. And Daniel, the 11th chapter in this 32nd verse. Uh, I want to read from here tonight, 11 and 32. And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. But the people, and say that with me, the people, that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. We ask the Lord to bless his word as you could be seated tonight. The people that know their God. Amen. They shall be strong and do great exploits. Amen. I believe that's speaking of individual people. I believe that God had somebody on his mind when he spoke these things. When Daniel prophesied them, I believe he was speaking of, uh, I believe he was speaking of certain people. Of course, This is what the entire world is claiming to be, the people of God. That's what everybody believes, uh, whatever denomination they are, whatever situation they believe, they're the people of God. But when God spoke this, he alone has the right to identify the group with this scripture. God alone has the right to say who that is. Just because someone claims it to be them does not make it them. Now, when we read this, uh, of course, Daniel is prophesying this uh, years ago. And I want to acknowledge that uh, there is Old Testament scriptures that speak of this. I want to pick up from one from the book of Hosea, the first chapter. And you look in the 10th verse. The Bible said, you number the children of Israel, and they shall be as the sand of sea, which cannot be measured nor numbered, and it shall come to pass in the place where it is said to them, that you are not my people, there it shall be said unto them, you are the sons of the living God. Now, if you study uh, the prophet, you know he tells you many times that in the Old Testament when you're reading and it speaks of the servants of God, it's speaking of Israel. And when it speaks of sons or children, it's speaking of the Gentile. Now, that you are the sons of the living God, Hosea 1 and 10. Now, some people believe that that is Israel. But Paul uh, and Peter both express it in the New Testament and help us. Peter, in first chapter uh, 2 and verse 9, he said, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into marvelous light which in times past you were not a people. Now you can see he's in the book of Hosea, that you were not a people, but now the people of God, which have obtained mercy, which had not obtained mercy, but have now obtained mercy. So now Peter is expressing this to the Gentile church from the book of Hosea. Now Paul will do the same thing in the book of Romans, the ninth chapter, the 23rd verse, and he might make known the riches of the glory, the vessels of mercy, which he had afore prepared unto glory. Even us whom he hath called, 
not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. And he saith also in Hosea, which is Hosea, I will call them my people which were not my people, and her beloved which were not beloved. And it shall come into pass in the place where it is said unto them, You are not my people. There they shall be called the children of the living God. Now, uh, of course, Daniel speaks it and says there will be a people. Hosea said those people will be the people that were not a people, but they shall be a people. Abraham's prophecies. Remember, Abraham thy seed shall be as the stars of the heaven as the sands of the sea. And Abraham was childless at that time, showing us that it wasn't just a natural seed of Israel he was talking about, but it was a royal seed of the children of Abraham, which would be blessed of every nation, every color, of every race. But the blessing would come through Jesus Christ, making us the seed of Abraham by Jesus Christ. Now, these are the people that in the book of Revelation, the 18th chapter in the end amen that John says I heard a voice from heaven saying come out of her my people amen and be not partakers of her sins that you receive not her plagues now we all know that that specific call is one that is made by the seventh angel of revelations the 10th chapter the same seventh angel of revelations the third chapter which is the third angel in revelations the 14th chapter and they're all saying the same thing come out of her my people and be not partakers now these people that we're talking about are actually the called out people who are the bride of Jesus Christ they're called out of every nation and every tongue those people are the people of the new covenant of God if you'd like to read the uh, Old Testament in the book of Jeremiah Jeremiah prophesies in the 31st chapter 33rd verse he said it shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days saith the Lord I will put my law in their inward parts and I will write in their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people isn't that beautiful that God said I'm going to make a covenant and he said you're going I'm going to be your God and you are going to be my people isn't it beautiful when God says I'm going to be your God and you're going to be my people now you 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 you, who's going to argue with that who's going to say that God cannot choose his own people Amen. But the salvation of the Lord is his doing. Jesus spoke these words when he said, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Amen. And that choice was made before the foundations of the world. Jeremiah says that he will be their God and they shall be my people. And look at the beauty of this. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brethren saying, Know the Lord. For they shall all know me, from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord. I will forgive their iniquity, and I remember their sins no more. There's a time coming, he's saying, my people, all of them's going to know me. From the young to the old is going to know me. In the book of Jeremiah 24 and verse 7, he said, I will give them a heart to know me. Amen, that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. Amen, look at the beauty of this. The Bible is prophesying there's a people who's going to know their God. Now, if you can see that that you are those people, if you can see that you are that individual, so Brother Wayne, I'm too young for that. Well, I've just read you. 
under this new covenant, amen, it, there's no age limit on knowing God, amen. I, I will say this very openly. Many times I believe that our, our young people in this message are very underestimated. I believe that it's a season when people know the depths of Satan, amen, but if, if, if there's a people can know the depths of Satan, there's a young person who can know the depths of God, amen, and I believe personally you could take one of the young people out of our churches and stand them along theologians and denominations and they could confound the wise because we're not here asking questions. We've come with the answers, amen, and then now we're standing here knowing exactly what men have been looking for, but God has given that because this is the season where he would increase the understanding. This is an age of knowledge. This is an age of understanding, amen, and according to the book of Ephesians, the Bible says that we should actually pray for understanding. We should pray for revelation. Brother Branham says this. He said more than anything you pray for, pray for revelation. Amen. Because revelation is the way that you know God. Amen. Now, Paul says this in the book of Ephesians, in the first chapter of the 17th verse. It says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may he give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and the riches of his glory in his inheritance in the saints. So Paul is saying that we ought to pray that God would give us understanding, that the eyes of our understanding would be opened, that, that an illumination, that there would, come, there would come real understanding of the kind of God we serve and how we are the people of that God. When we look at this tonight, I believe that we should ask the Lord for understanding. Can you think if God would increase your understanding, amen, that the vastness of this Holy Ghost boldness could be released in you? Wouldn't it be something if your understanding would come to a point that there would come such a boldness in your life that the Holy Ghost would not be limited by your timid, by, by you being timid or, or, or by the fearful thing that would be upon your life. Wouldn't it be something if you so understood that you're a child of God and you so understood that your God was more than able, amen, that all of a sudden you took a vast boldness in the Holy Ghost to begin to believe, amen, that there's something been released to you. You begin to believe that the impossible becomes possible, amen, you begin to move from glory to glory and then you see this great and mighty exploits can begin to happen in you that you begin to move from this current knowledge or current measure the limitations begin to come off of you and you step into the unlimited realms of God and you imagine when if there was the if the limits were taken off of you tonight if, if the limits was taken off of what you really are, who you really are, what God really designed you for, what you were really put here for, if you could go back to what it was in the Garden of Eden before you were born into this situation with all these carnal problems, with all these struggles, wouldn't it be something tonight to go into that unlimited realm of God? Now, I know, amen, that there's a lot of knowledge about God. I know there's a lot of people that knows things about God. Thank you, brother. Amen. But what I believe tonight and what I'm, what I'm looking at is, is I believe we can know him more than just by the word. I believe we can know him further than just what we read about him. I believe he wants to be known in a deeper experience than just what we learned, amen, what, what we were reading. Do you know, uh, according to the paradox, Brother Branham says it like this, 
He said, I, I know him. He said, that's all I want. And to know him is to know life. Now, know these other things I don't know about. It might identify as a smart man. But I don't want to be a smart man. I want to know him. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. That when he calls, I'll come out from among the dead. That's all. That's all I want. I want to know him. Amen. Now, it's beautiful because the prophet is saying, I really don't want to be known as a smart man. I want to be someone that knows him. In service, we would see Jesus. Brother Bram says this, to know him by the word, it's all right. But that's a long ways from being sufficient. You've got to know him by the word. He said, but we've got to know him by the person of his resurrection. Amen. That there is a way to know him. Now, the reason I'm reading this is because the prophecy I've spoke over you it says that there is a people that will know their God. And Brother Bram is saying the knowing of God, what we know of him, is we, we, we're going to know more than what we're reading about. We're going to know him in a greater way than just what we were taught in the word. But we would have an experience with him to know him in the person of his resurrection power. Brother Branham actually says in a message, you must be born again. He said, the true word comes to a true prophet, and he'll tell you the true word, and you'll follow that true word, and you'll get a true experience of that word, because the word is flesh in you, and you become God's son, and the word of God begins to revolve right out of God into you, because you are of his nature, you're of his spirit is in you, and you'll do the works of God, because the Bible said so. You see, the experience we're talking about is a true word experience that comes from following a true prophet of God. When you follow a true word, you get a true experience with God because the word that is being preached doesn't stay in the Bible. It doesn't stay in the books. It actually gets into the church and it lives in them and they experience what it is for the word to become alive in the individual life. Now the true word comes in and you get a true experience as a true son of God. Now I believe this tonight. I believe that there is a people that will know their God. This is prophecy concerning you as a believer. Amen. Now when I read that, amen, you say a people that shall know their God. Now it's a, it's a beautiful thing sometimes how Brother Branham rewards things and it so helps us when he rewards them. Amen, because we can read something a certain way, but then he'll reword it, and all of a sudden, it totally takes life and, and understanding. In the message of the Feast of the Trumpets, paragraph 113, Brother Branham actually tells us, he says, you know, something has got to happen that somebody's got to introduce the Messiah. Something's got to happen that the Messiah be introduced. And then he says, and how will we know him? How will the Messiah... He said the people that's believing him will know him unless they're constantly in the word to know what he is. See, you can have an experience, but if you're not in the word, what kind of experience are you having? What, what are you meeting? What are you dealing with? What's dealing with your life? But he's saying, look, if, if, if you're with a true prophet and you're standing in a true word, amen, he's introducing you to a messiah. He's introducing you to the Messiah of this age. Now, watch what he's saying. Now, if you're in that word, you will know what he is. And Daniel said, the wise shall know, but the foolish and the unwise, they wouldn't know. 
They shall know their God. Now, he said he shall appear in the last days to bring this people back to the word so the bride will know her husband, know her mate, the revealed word. That's why this has to happen. You say, preacher, what are you saying? If you go read Daniel eleven thirty two, it said there's a people that shall know their God. If you read Feast of the Trumpets, the brother Bram says the bride will know her husband. The people in Daniel 11, in Feast of Trumpets, he calls the bride. The God in Daniel 11, in Feast of Trumpets, he calls the husband. And you say, well, the husband, Brother Bram says, yes, it's the revealed word of the age. So what we're dealing with tonight is we're not just, we're not just dealing with a, with a message or, or with some person, but we're dealing with the person of the word, Jesus Christ who's been revealed into this age for a reason that we may be able to know him. The Bible predicts it in the end time that the Son of Man would be revealed into the church and that we would know him the way we've been introduced to him. i tell you what a powerful thing tonight. You've been introduced to a lot of people in your life and sometimes when they they introduce you to them, maybe you don't meet them the way that other people know them. You know, they'll say, well, they'll introduce somebody a certain way and, and you don't know the rest about them they just they just give you an introduction amen but when when our god has been introduced to us by this messenger he didn't just introduce us to the baptist god he didn't just introduce us to the church of christ jesus he didn't introduce us to a lutheran jesus he introduced us to the jesus christ of this bible Amen. He brought him in the person, in the power of the resurrection without having to change him one bit. The prophet didn't have to say, well, he don't no longer, he don't do this, or he don't act like this, or he's not able to do this anymore. But when William Branham introduced this God, he introduced him as the God that led the children of Israel that could take them through Red Seas and bring them over the Jordan, and he could tear down the Jerichos, and he he could cause miracles to take place because he was introducing the God to the people. Amen. That was the God of the Bible, but that God that was, is the God that is he's the same yesterday today and forever listen this is the God that the Bible said does not change he is an unchanging God with unchanging ways he meant the time changes man changes religion changes but this God that's been introduced to us he has not changed he is the same character and the same nature with the same attitude towards you and I that he had back there in the Bible I tell you what we've been introduced to we've been introduced to deity We've been introduced to deity, not on the outside of us, but he introduced deity to us in the person of humanity, in a fallen nature, redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ and restored man back to the authority and the power of Almighty God. I'll tell you, this is a time like no other. This is an age like no other. When Daniel speaks at this time, he actually is told that that he sees a great thing happen. He sees the thunders of, of the Bible. Daniel sees this all the way back in his day. But God says to him, Daniel, you seal this up until the time of the end. Now, I believe we're there, don't you? You seal these things up until the time of the end. He said, but in Daniel 12 and 10, he said, but many shall be purified and made white. Many will be tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly. Now, I don't think we need to, to question that one, do we? The wicked shall do wickedly. What's going on out here in the world? They're laying right in that scripture. 
the, the, the word came, a prophet came, the son of man was revealed, and it didn't change nothing. The world is going on just like there was nothing has happened. They're acting as if the word didn't come. They're acting as if the Messiah was not introduced to us. They're acting as if there's no message, if there's no life, as if there is no direction at all from the pillar of fire for us to take a a dimensional change. They're acting as that. So the wicked continually to do wicked, but the wise shall understand. But the wise shall understand. You see, the people of Daniel 11 is also the wise virgin of Matthew, the 25th chapter. They are the people that will have oil in their lamp in the last day, and they'll be ready for the marriage of the Lamb in that time season. See, in Ephesians chapter 5, you hear me, Brother Branham, say it many times. He'll say, be not unwise. Be not the unwise virgin. Be not like the unwise well, it, you know, there's actually another place in Scripture besides Matthew 25 that speaks of the unwise. In Ephesians chapter 5, Paul actually says, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, for Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now, how do you know the will of God without the Word of God? But when you need to know what the will of God is, it's revealed in His Word. That's why we had to have a prophet. That's why this generation, the greatest gift God gave to you was not your church. It was not your, it was not all of the things around you. When God gave a prophet to this generation, he gave us the will of God. And he gave you a heart to believe it. Better than a million dollars in your pocket. Better than the health in your body is a heart to believe the word of God and to believe a message that is coming to this age. It gives you the will of God. It makes you the wise virgin. It makes you the people of God that know him in the power of his majesty. In Revelations 10, he promised that the mystery of God would be finished. In the time of the seventh angel. Now, we're, I don't believe we would have to sit here and teach you tonight that William Branham was the seventh angel. Amen. I believe that is settled matter among our young people now, I know there's some people fought against it but they're fighting in the wrong place sometimes you just have to tell the devil you come too late we already believe it we already believe this amen we don't need to be we don't need to go over it again I know because in my generation I believe I believe God sent a prophet and then one day I started asking but what did he say but what did the prophet say I got it he's a prophet but what did he say about me not about the generation back there. Not about the people coming out of Pentecost. Amen. That's all you hear today. People say, well, get away from Pentecost. Get away. Well, we've been away from Pentecost for 60 years. What happens in our generation? We're not coming out of nothing. We're going into the promises of the living God. That's the generation we're living. We're not coming out of Pentecost. We're walking into the divine promises of this Bible. Amen. There's a rapture ahead of us. There's authority ahead of us. There's a power ahead of us. There's a generation living right now. Many of you, amen, you're catching the inspiration of the hour that you're living in. 
and, and here we are. We're sitting here in the greatest moments of time. The mystery of God has been finished. It's been opened up. And we have stepped into that realm without, without coming through all of those years and those tragedies and those arguments and all those great wars and battles, whether this was right, whether that was right. Amen. When, when God gave us this grace to be birthed into this, we were birthed into the promises. Amen. It's a powerful thing. Amen. Uh, when you look into this, the mystery of God. Now, Brother Branham actually says it one time. He says the problem is a lot of times the people are not taught what the mystery of God is. I know you're very taught. There is what the prophet says in beginning and ending Gentile dispensation. He said, what is the mystery of God? He said, it's God in you. That's the mystery of God. It's God in you. You see the hope of the glory shining forth, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He said, when these things begin to take place, time shall be no more. They shall know their God. Now he just tied together Revelations 10 with Daniel 11. When time shall be no more, these people shall know their God. The prophecy laying over your life is you're going to know God so intimately. I don't want to. I don't want to scare you with my terminology. But do you recognize you've been took beyond the revelations that were in Eden? When he asked, when he left Eden, Adam and Eve left Eden. They left Eden because they couldn't catch the revelation that God was wanting to share with them. So man had to fall, had to become sick. Life had to change before they could be revealed and taken back. And here we are in the end of the matter. Come on, church. Here we are in the end of the matter and the revelation that God wanted Adam and Eve to receive in the garden, He has brought it to this generation and revealed it to you and I with all of our struggles, with all of our troubles, with all of the issues in this age. But God said, I'll be your God. You'll be my people and I'll make myself known to you. I'll tell you, if God ever makes Himself known to you, it will capture your mind. It will capture your soul It'll, it'll take a hold of you like nothing. They meant you, you, you could never get away from it. When you begin to see the mystery of God, that mystery of God, amen, is God in you. The mystery of God would be finished. In other words, God would be known to his church. The mystery of God, Brother Bram says it in the guide, 62. He said, when he comes, he'll guide you. That's the reason of these seals. He was here to guide you to this knowledge. Christ himself sent these seals to guide you to this knowledge. He told his disciples, I've got many things to say unto you, but I can't not say them now, but when the spirit of truth shall come, he shall lead you and to guide you into all truth. The prophet said, there is your prophecy of the seven seals. And Jesus himself said, when the seals were opened, they would lead you to all truth. Now, what is it? It's to know who God is, what He is, how He lives, His nature, His being. What is it? It's God is coming to you. See, the Bible actually calls it a great mystery. Brother Bram said, yes, it's a great mystery, but it's solved. Isn't that beautiful? It's a great mystery. It's solved. Tell somebody next to you, it's over. It's solved. So when, when someone tries to bring you under them, by saying they have a ministry of mysteries, they're lying to you. 
They're trying to bring you under a false anointing as if you don't know anything. They're trying to hide the knowledge you have as being relevant. But when a prophet is saying, you already know what you need to know. God's already given what you need to know. Amen. But we need to let that become a reality. This is what God was trying to get to us. And the will of God can break over our lives. And the knowledge of it to come upon us. You've been given the secrets of Almighty God. You have been given by grace the secret of His knowledge and truth and divine nature and life. Now this being broke open to you should do something for the church. It should do something for you. When you come into knowledge of what has really been given to you, it should do something in your life. Do you know what the Bible said it would do? It said it will make you strong. The Bible said this will make you strong. And I'll tell you what, in this weak generation, that's what we really need is Holy Ghost strength in the church. We need strength of conviction. We need strength of confidence and strength of life. We need the strength of the Holy Ghost running in every member of the body. Come on, Brother Brandon. He said, one more time, Lord. Remember Samson? He was standing there as an embarrassment, and all he could do was be a show for the unbelievers. And Brother Bram typed it with the Pentecostal church. He said, that's where they come. They're just a show for the critics and the unbelievers because they lost the strength in their members. But the prophet cried in 1960s and said, one more time, Lord. Just one more time. Just once more. He said, oh, he said, oh if we could ever feel that covenant. And he said, Samson reached around there and felt that covenant. Remember, he felt them locks. He said, then he knew God was with him because of that covenant. The strength returned to the members of the body. All the way down in the little fingers, strength come in the hands. Strength come in the legs. Strength come in the feet. I'll tell you something. God answered the prayer of a prophet. And one more time, the Spirit of the Lord descended into the church. And strength is in every member of the body. The strength in our young people. The strength in your lives. Strength of the power of the Holy Ghost. If we could just feel the covenant. Now, I'll tell you, if you like to, if you like to study the message, it's a powerful area. His brother Bram said Samson felt those seven locks, which represented that covenant. See, seven restored, right? It restored back, and he felt them locks. And brother Bram turns around, he said, oh, if we could just feel that covenant. And he says, uh, then he starts discerning somebody. He starts calling out their names, telling them where they're from, what's going on in their lives. He said, see, there's that covenant. Jesus was the seed of Abraham. Oh, my. Mary had Abraham's baby, not Sarah. Amen. Mary produced that royal seed through a virgin birth, right? And through that seed brought a covenant to every one of us. Now, that covenant broke out when the Holy Ghost came. That's the covenant God made with man. If you go back into the message, uh, Abraham's covenant confirmed in 1961. Brother Branham actually types this as in the Old Testament when you take, when you take an animal. Brother Branham said if you're going to make a promise to somebody, like if I was going to promise something to you, he said you laid, a, you laid a, an animal between us. He said then you tore the animal in part. You took part of the animal and I took part of the animal. He said that was each side and as the dead. He said then the covenant was made over that dead animal. And the prophet said that God took the body of Jesus as a covenant. Between God and man, he put him at Calvary and he tore that body between you and me as a covenant. 
Amen. He ripped that body and made a promise over that to you and me. When that covenant was made, Brother Bram said, we each got a part. He said, God took the body of Jesus Christ into the heavens. He said, and that was his part of the covenant. But he took his spirit and gave it to you and me, and that's our part of the covenant. So the covenant that we are in with God is a spiritual covenant. And that spirit is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And it's to come into its fullness in this age. Now, I don't want to get deep into areas, but y'all know there's one God and three offices. And the office of fatherhood had to come to fullness, right? Where did it come into its fullness? Fatherhood come to fullness when Melchizedek spoke to Abraham. Fatherhood came into the flesh. Amen. But watch, in the days of the Son, the ministry of the Son became in fullness when he experienced the manifestation of Melchizedek in the humanity of a son born of a virgin. And sonship come to a fullness when God fully manifested in that body. But the baptism of the Holy Ghost is a covenant that God made with this church. And it never comes into its fullness until the last days the Son of Man would manifest Himself in the humanity of the bride of Jesus Christ. And we would see the same Jesus that was in the days of Nazareth would walk again among us. And it, oh, glory to God. Somebody said, well, it was just like the days of Paul. We teach what Paul taught. But William Branham never stood in a prayer line and he said, I'm going to do what Paul did. Never one time. He said, this is exactly what Jesus did. And he said, it's never been on the earth since the time of Jesus Christ until now because it was the Son of Man, Melchizedek, was returning in the flesh of the bride of Jesus Christ. The covenant of the Spirit of God would come to a fullness in the last days. And that's our day. And we are the people of God that will experience the fullness. Brother, take the limits off of it, would you? Take the brakes off of this bride. She's an unlimited resource with unlimited powers, serving an unlimited God under the unlimited covenant with God. In a time when the fullness of the strength of the covenant. Can Can I explain it to you like this? You made a deal with somebody, amen. You you may let's see, maybe you make it for uh, for five thousand bales of hay. Make the covenant, pay the price. But we make a deal: thirty percent I'll deliver to you in the first of the month. Thirty more percent I'll deliver to you in the end of the month. We're going to wait thirty days and deliver the other part. Sometime or another, you finally get the fullness of our agreement. This message of the hour is the fullness of the agreement that God made with Abraham concerning I will have a seed of every nation. Kings shall come out of the Abraham. Kings shall be manifested out of thy life. And here it is this evening in the fullness of the Spirit of God has returned to this earth to take possession of your lives, to claim your bodies, to claim everything about you, whatever bad thing you've done, whatever thing you've come from, whatever your birth is like, whatever your genetics is like. We're not looking back to the genetic pools. We are looking to the promises of the Abrahamic covenant that God would have 
have a people in this generation under the fullness of God in the season that we're living in. This message has brought strength to the believer. William Branham did not come here and lift up denomination. He came here and lifted up a word born bride. He never lifted up denomination. He never lifted up the devil. He never lifted up intellect. He never lifted up knowledge. He lifted up a bride born by the word of God saying that Christ himself would manifest in the church. Glory to God. The fullness of it. So Brother Wayne, I... I tell you, there was a lot of a lot of beautiful things happened. Let me read what Brother Bram said, seed not ever the shuck. He said, When you come to say I and my father are one, these other things, he said, this shuck's gonna pull away from it. But that real genuine bride church will bring forth the entire word of God in his fullness and in his strength. He is the same yesterday. Today and forever. Oh my goodness. In the fullness of its strength. That's exactly what's happening. I and my father are one. Do you know what that is? The father is the word of the age. It's the father. It's his word. And it's coming into manifestation. Fullness. In the seed not ever the shuck. Brother Bram says we're in the last days. The shuck has given strength into the seed. All them things that you liked about Pentecost that were real. You don't have to go to Pentecost to get it. The good things about Pentecost is in the bride. The bad part stayed in the shuck and was organized. But the message called out the life. The prophet said, get out of the shuck. Come on, life, get in the grain. A prophet stood there and directed the life out of the shuck into the grain Come on, bride. We are the grain word. The seed bride that was in the ground. The alpha has become the omega bride. We're not here wishing and hoping and someday we will be. We are right now the sons of God anointed by the word of a prophet in our season. People say, say what a prophet said. I say, say all what he said. Say it about me. Say it about the bride. What did he have to say? It's the fullness of the strength of God has come into this bride. You don't have to look back into the days of 1906 to find the good parts of Pentecost. It's in the bride. Now some people look at the move of God and they want to call that Pentecost like it's a bad thing. But let me, just, let me just say real clearly. You may see characters that seem like it. Because you've seen David in Jesus. And you've seen Moses in Jesus. And you've seen Noah in Jesus. But Jesus was none of them. Come on, they had things about them that wasn't in Jesus. And you can look at her and say, well, she's Lutheran. And there is some parts of us maybe look that way. Oh, I'll tell you, she's a, she's a bunch of Wesleyans. Some of us may look that way at times. Come on, church. Because we were in the Lutherans. And we were in the Wesleyans. But they were projecting this coming of perfect word pride. We are not none of that. They all typed who we are. 
I'd say it plain as I know how to say it. Amen. I, and people say to me, Brother Wayne, well, that's Pentecost. Let me just say this. People rejoicing to the word is not Pentecost. Pentecost is being left by, led by gifts instead of by a word prophet. That's right. They ignored a prophet, said we got gifts and moved right on. But that's not the case of this bride at all. I've only spoke once or twice in the Pentecostal church myself. But I'll tell you what, it wasn't nothing like this, I promise. You want me to tell you what it was like? I sat in the back room and they were playing music so loud you couldn't hardly stand it. And they were beating drums and yelling. And they were, they were having a tremendous time out there shouting and running and hollering. But when I come out and opened up the scripture, they went quiet as a bunch of mouse. And I'll tell you why. Because this word was a condemnation to them instead of a glory to them. There ain't nothing wrong with shouting to the music. There ain't nothing wrong with, amen, enjoying the the music and shouting, I'll dance with you. But when it comes to this word, that's exactly where the revival begins for the bride of Jesus Christ. There ain't nobody playing music right now, but I feel an energy in this tent that the power and the anointing of the fullness of Almighty God has something churning within our soul as a power and anointing. Come on, church. It's called the word bride. We know who we are. If you would have told us something years ago, maybe you could intimidate us. You know how you do a three-year-old? You call them by the wrong name and you intimidate them. You say something and they, they kind of get intimidated by what you're saying. But you've come too late to intimidate us. Hey Amen. You've come too late to quieten us down by calling us names. We know who we are. We know what the Word says about us. We know this is the age of the adoption of the church, the maturing of the bride of Jesus Christ. We are not immature little people anymore. This is the bride of Jesus Christ who have been taught by a prophet where they are and who they are and why they believe what they believe. Strength. Strength. Strength is coming into this church. Strength is coming into this bride. Shuck. Shuck, give it up. They turned loose of the strength and held on to organization. David, David says some beautiful things. I love David. David's a great prophet. Psalmist, prophet, he sings tremendous songs. I love it when he says in Psalms 28, he said, The Lord, he's my strength. And he is my shield. And my heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart Greatly hath rejoice with my song, I will pray, praise him. Look at what David says. The Lord is their strength, and he is the saving strength of his anointed. You know, when the Lord is your strength, it's a different kind of strength. In Psalms 27, you all know this one real well. It's your rapture scripture. But in Psalms 27 and 1, he said, for the Lord is my light. Well, it must have been a dark time for him to need light. He is my salvation. Of whom shall I fear? It must have been some fearful things. But he knew who his God was. He said, for the Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? 
think about this. The Lord is the strength of my life. Why do I fear? Amen. Oh, this is not going to happen. Oh, we're not going to make it. I tell you, it's time to become fearless with this word. The prophet said something this week. I was traveling on the plane. I was listening to him. He said, when Moses went in with Pharaoh, he said, one man. He said, one arrow or one spear could have ended his life. He said, but he stood there and said, let my people go. He said, the man was fearless with his faith. And he said, you can be fearless with your faith. If God would reveal to you this is absolutely the truth. And let me say it's absolutely the truth. What this prophet is saying is absolutely the truth. Hallelujah. It's the truth, church. It's the power of God. It's the reality of God. The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom should I be afraid? Why would I fear? Why would I fear unbelievers? Why would I fear critics? Why would I fear? The Lord is the one that's given me this. Psalms 84, David sings the praises. He said, blessed is the man whose strength is in thee. In whom the heart of the ways of them who passing through the valley of Baca make it well. The rain also filleth the pools. I think it's powerful. David singing here, you forgive me. Amen. I studied a little bit on this valley of Baca. I don't believe that it's actually a place. But it's more of metaphor. Speaking of a place that you get to in your spirit. Where there's no water but your tears. It's a, it's a, it's a place that believers pass through. But he says when they're passing through this valley, you'll make it a well and a rain will fill it the pools. David said, see, blessed is the man who strengthened thee. He says it like this. They will go from strength unto strength. I, I, I was looking it up the other day. There's actually a song that's sung that way. Uh, uh, from strength to strength with sometimes gold. It, 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 it's... Um, I forgot the woman. Maybe Dottie Rambo sings it. Uh, but it's actually a song about speaking. But I, I, I've always wondered what that really meant, that song, strength to strength. What's that really mean, moving from strength to strength? And I, I was studying a bit on it. And I went over to the Amplified Version of the Bible. And it gave a good description. It's okay, I'll share it with you. The Bible in the Amplified will say this. They go from strength to strength, increasing in Victoria's power. They go from victorious power to victorious power. They're going from strength unto strength. We're going, listen, listen, bride. We're moving from power to power. From glory to glory. From strength to strength. Now, now what's going on here? Increasing in victorious power. It's a preacher, what are you talking about? Amen. I'll tell you this right now. I, I, I was, I, when I was studying this, I was actually looking into this and I was saying, it's amazing that I was looking into this at a time when we're ending all these COVID resolutions and we're ending all of these troubles and trials. And, and I thought, isn't it something? Because if you look at this like this, some of you sitting here three years ago, you were saying that you were at your end. Three years ago, some of you were saying, if something don't happen, I'm not going to make it another year. You, you, you felt like maybe you were right at the end of your rope. Right? But you're here tonight. 
which tells me that you're stronger now than you were then. Because if you're not stronger now than you were then, you wouldn't be here. But whatever the devil has thrown at you, it's not been enough to keep you from serving the living God. I tell the devil all the time, when I get up to preach and I wave my little white flag, this is not a surrender, brother. This is a signal between me and the devil. I am still here. You threw everything at me. You could throw at me. But I'm still preaching the gospel. You've tried to stop me every way you could stop me. But I'm still here. And I'm saying this is the greatest word that has ever been preached on the face of the earth. This message is the truth. And it's moving us from victorious power to victorious power. I tell you, it's not going to let you, this message is not going to let you sit still. This word ain't going to let you sit still. So that's why I don't like all these people jumping up. But let me tell you, I'm sorry that I can't water the message down enough to leave them alone. Hey man, come on. I, I, I mean that in the best of ways. I'm sorry, but this message has power to move people. The message of William Branham has power to change lives. It has power to change them and move them and energize them and strengthen them. I don't know how far you'd have to water this message down before it would become powerless. Amen. But I refuse to water it. I refuse it. I believe it ought to be given in the strength of the truth concerning their life. Victorious power to victorious power. What's going on tonight? Victorious power. You're moving from victorious power to victorious power. In other words, we're not getting weaker. We're getting stronger. As this bride goes up the pyramid, it might get less in number, but it gets stronger in power. They might be less of us, but we're stronger now than we've ever been. There's more authority now than there's ever been. There's more of the power of God in our meetings than there ever has been. People say, Brother Wayne, do you see all this disbelieve the sign and all these uh, critics that left the message? Have you, have you seen that they hurt the message? Actually, they've helped it. I, I hate to tell them this, but they've actually made us a stronger people. Because people that were a little bit uh, afraid of really saying where they were and what they're doing, they're now asserting their positions very clearly. The people who were a little bit on the sidelines decided to step up into the battle. I remember 15 years ago we would preach and every once in a while you would have a real rip-roaring service. But right now, every convention, every meeting, every service, it's a power of God falling, increasing in victorious power. Listen, we're not going out of here a weak, beaten down church. We're going out of here as an overcoming bride. Changing one dimension to another. Increasing, increasing, increasing. Stronger, stronger, stronger. So by the way, where they get the strength? The mighty angel has descended among us, giving strength to the weak. The strong one has come among us. The strength giver has descended and he's administering strength back to the believer. Prophesied that she will do exploits. Where would she get the strength for military action? 
the great and mighty angel will come and touch her. That David's a powerful man of God. And anytime a man writes something, I like to know where his influences were. David's influences were coming from men like Abraham, who did not weaken in faith, but the Bible said he waxed stronger. The older he got, the stronger he got. It seemed like he should have got weaker, but he got stronger. Knowing the further he went, the closer he was to the promises of God. I know you don't know when this is going to happen, but believe me. We've been saying this for 40 years. It's going to happen tomorrow. Well, the further you go, the closer you are. If it seemed like we were only a step away 40 years ago, where are we tonight? I tell you where we are, we're close enough. We can feel the winds of immortality blowing from the breezes of another dimension. You could literally, if you could, there are believers walking through this building tonight and have went beyond the curtain of time. Angels have been released. The power of God has been released. Now you're increasing in power. We're getting, some of them's getting older, Brother Wayne. We're getting weaker. No, you're not actually. You're getting stronger. David took his lesson from men like Caleb. That at 85 years old, said, I'm stronger now for war than I've ever been. Said, Preacher, what are you talking about? His body might not have been as strong as it was, but his heart to war was stronger than it ever was. He was stronger than he ever was. What was it? It was because Caleb was a type of somebody. Caleb was making a type of somebody. Come on, I know you don't think you're important, but this Bible says you are. And it's about time to quit arguing with the word concerning your life. You think that you're a type of Caleb, but Caleb is a type of you. Come on, the prophet said it. He said, you are not Enoch's type. Enoch was your type. And because God was going to rapture you, Enoch got a rapture because he was your type. Caleb got strength because he's your type. Well, if the, if the type had strength, if the type had power, what about the reality? A greater than Caleb is here tonight. A greater than Caleb is on the scene tonight. You're not a type. You're the reality of the type. The strength that was in the Bible is in the church. What's going on, Caleb? Caleb, I, I, I don't want to just go everywhere, but I want to, I want to show you something. Caleb, Caleb was actually a Gentile. How many knows that? Caleb was actually a Gentile. But Caleb had been brought into the, to the Jewish inheritance. And the Bible tells us whenever he was 85 years old, he inherited in the land of Hebron by the command of the Lord. He didn't inherit by birth. He inherited by a command of the Lord. How many knows where that command come from? It was Moses gave it to him. Moses said, you can have the land you walked on. He was a Gentile. He was not born a Jew. But he was more Jew 
than most of the Jews because God commanded his birth. And he walked on that ground of Hebron. Now, I'm the guy, I'm sorry, I'm the guy. I'm the guy that wonders which of those tribes let that Gentile in that he could inherit Hebron. That great city of Hebron, that land of Hebron, he inherited. Amen. Amen. Who let him in? You know what? If you go study it, amen, he actually took the lot of inheritance from the tribe of Judah. From the tribe of Judah. You say, what's important about the tribe of Judah? That's the way Rahab got in Israel. Was through the tribe of Judah. That's the way Ruth got into the tribe of Israel. She became a line of the kings of Almighty God through the tribe of Judah. And Caleb became inheritor through the tribe of Judah. And the bride of Jesus Christ has become an inheritor of the divine promises of God through. We have come through Judah. Jesus is the line, the tribe of Judah, and have birthed this Gentile race. We've been birthed into a kingly line, inheriting the promises of God. <laughs> Oh, I tell you what, Caleb, Caleb, hey man, he was a strong one. Caleb went there when he was 40 years old and had an argument with the whole tribes. People he wasn't even born to be a part of. But he was proselyted in and became your type and told all of them, y'all just stop, y'all stop where you're fussing. This land is ours and we're more than able to do it. Now he of all had a reason to say we couldn't do it. Because y'all know what he did? He walked the land of Hebron. Hebron was one of the most choosiest places of all of Israel. Which meant that's where the giants landed. I've often, I've often said it like this. You take a big guy like Brother Tim. And you, where does he sit when he walks in a room? Where he wants to. A big guy sits where he wants to. Where does the giants live? Where they want to. And the place they wanted to live was the same place Caleb wanted to live. And Caleb was not a giant, but he was a believer. And Caleb was a type of a believing church that was coming in the end time that when intellectual giants would move in on divine promises and say these don't belong to you and you can't have them. But we've already heard what Caleb had to say. You have already spoken your position. We are more than able to take this land. If I have to wait 40 years, I'll take it. Look like Caleb would have forgot about it and let the giants have it. But 40 years later, he was still pressing Joshua. Give me the land that Moses said I could have. Give me the land that Moses said I could have. It's a lot like you believers praying and asking God. Give me the land that he said I could have. Give me the land. Now you know, Brother Branham said there's two types in the end time of Joshua and Caleb. You know he said that. And he said Joshua was the end time leader. William Branham. He said, but Caleb was the believers that followed that end time message. So there's only two kinds going in the promise. Caleb and Joshua. The prophet of God and the one that can wholly follow him. That's the only people going into these promises because you're going to have to believe. 
Because what you're seeing with your eye is going to deter you. What you're feeling with your senses is going to say you can't do it. All ten giants, all negative reports of your senses, of your body is going to tell you you can't do it. Amen. But there is a man on the inside. There's a little Caleb in there that's anointed and predestinated for the inheritance of Almighty God. It says you are more than able to take this land. Hey, brother, you can take this land. Tell somebody, you can take it. You can take this land. We don't have to back up. We don't have to apologize. We don't have to ask for forgiveness for the devil for encroaching on what belongs to us. I believe we can move in on it and tell the devil, it's time you move off. It's time to get off of my property. Come on, when's the last time you really had joy? When's the last time you really felt the praise of God come up in your soul and the power of blessings return to you? You let some old devil possess that when God give it to you as an eternal inheritance? I say you ought to kick that devil off of your property tonight and say this belongs to me, Satan. And I am here to possess the land that God has anointed me to possess. Listen, this is not rhetoric. This is thus saith the Lord. This is a power of God coming into the church by prophecy. These are 3,000 year old prophecies living in the flesh. Brother Wayne, I want to see a miracle. Look around you. This is prophecy from the book of Daniel. Living, standing, breathing, rejoicing. This day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. We're seeing it with our eyes. We're hearing it with our ears. It is written, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall rise up with wings like an eagle. I tell you, God has commanded you as an eagle to rise up. Brother Wayne, it's been so hard. Listen, the Bible tells me this. It tells me that we have a ministry that we shouldn't faint. Being that we have this ministry, we should not be fainting. You said, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying, if you won't give up, if you won't, if you won't get exhausted with the situations, if you won't get in, intimidated by the things that are happening, you're going to possess this land. Now, the prophet in Daniel 11 says that we'll be strong and do exploits. Exploit is action. Exploits are actions. The actions of the church are already designed in the Word of God. Actions, according to the prophet, he said, Jesus said, you are the vine, and I am I'm the vine, and you are the branch. And he said, my life will energize the branch. Where does it get strength to get fruit? The strength is his life. Do you see when it comes in? Brother Branham will tell us this very clearly. He said, if this branch ever puts forth another, it'll be another book of Acts. They will be strong and do Acts. What kind of, the book of Acts is not a record of the apostles. It's the record of God acting in humanity. 
It's the only book of the Bible that is not sealed off. There is to be a continuation of the book of Acts in the last days. And they shall do exploits. The book of Acts. Listen, you're writing chapters yourself. I told Ron Spencer the other day, I said, I think you've got a whole chapter yourself, Brother Ron. That poor man, the devil's attacked him every which way it can be. And took a whipping. Now what is it? It's a true church. It's a continuation of the book of Acts. It's an act. It's a maneuver. Or it's the acting of God. Now the prophet will teach us that it's the works of the Spirit in the bride. Uh, uh, in, in, one of the, in one of the translations of an action or an exploit. It actually calls it a maneuver. A military maneuver. Isn't that beautiful? The bride will have military maneuvers. They will have action. Their, their actions will be so powerful that they will actually reap by not fainting. Now, of course, it was in the days of Caleb amen, when the giants were there in the land. And people was telling them, look, you can't go in this land because of the giants. But you know what Caleb's response was? He actually said these giants are bread for us. Now, brother, you think about that. These giants are my bread. You you know what he had? He had a hunger for battle. He had a hunger to whip something. He had a desire to put something under his foot. He he had a warrior-like spirit on him where he wanted to take something over. Church, he is your type. They said, well, there's devils everywhere. That means there's plenty of bread for the meeting. There's demons of depression and anxiety and troubles. There's bread for this meeting. The battle-hungry church of the living God had drawn their swords. Thou demon of depression, you're only bread to the church of the living God. Come on, church. That spirit can come to this meeting, but it'll die in this meeting. That spirit of anxiety can come to this meeting, but it's come to this meeting to die. Go ahead and drag that devil in here. There's some Caleb's in the house tonight. It's just bread for our battle. God's going to give you victory after victory after victory so you can turn and tell somebody there was a battle here and we overcame and there was a battle here and we overcame. Do you see what we have is a record of exploits, of action from this church. And you say, Brother Wayne, is it really into the situation that you're, that you're projecting? But do you know this is actually the inheritance of the church? This is not just something you're doing. This isn't something like somebody just trying to make something up to project over your lives, to stir you up and make you a part of something. This is the reading of the will of Jesus Christ. And he shall make known unto them the mystery of his will. Do you see the will of God concerning you left you an inheritance that your name would be on the Lamb's book of life. Now I know many people think you're going to earn the inheritance, but you know the prophet said it's predestinated to you? That, that God predestinated His will concerning your life? 
And you say, Brother Wayne, I've got a will for my life. But let me, let me just tell you something. You might as well give up tonight. Because your will will never overcome the will of God. The devil will never change in time what God did in eternity. He can do whatever he wants. But God's got a picture of you already. And the devil can't touch that picture. It's a perfect picture. You can, you can take the negative and do anything you want with the negative. The positive still exists. And he can attack you any way he wants. There's a positive picture with Almighty God concerning your life. And God's will will overcome your will. I don't know if that's true. Call Jonah to the stand tonight. Come on, Jonah, and testify to these young people. You will never outrun the will of God. Come, Paul, testify to these people. He'll meet you on the road in a pillar of fire. You'll never outrun the will of Almighty God. It's a predestinated power that's over your life as a son or daughter of God. You have an inheritance. Now, what is your inheritance? Your inheritance is a name on the book. Let's make it simple. It's to be a son of God. Uh, The will of God is for me to be a son of God. Now, if you're a son of God, how many knows that sonship is your inheritance? That's your inheritance. Daughtership, sonship, it's, it's the same. Now, Jesus himself wrote in the scripture. And he said, do you not know it's written that ye are God's? Now we're going to jump a level. It's written in the word, ye are God's. That's John the 10th chapter. That's the words of the Lord Jesus. He's quoting Psalms 82 and 6. I have said ye are God's and you are all children of the Most High. In Genesis 1.26, the Bible said you were birthed for dominion over the earth. As amateur gods created to actually take dominion on this earth. Your purpose in being here is to take dominion over this earth. In our fallen state, the devil buffaloed us and beat us up. But we have been restored back to sonship again by the apostolic word of a prophet of God. We are now the sons of God. We didn't have to back off of this word. The prophet of God said, we are right now sons. He said, this may choke you to death, but did you know, men and women, sons of God are amateur gods? Let me tell you what he said about it. He said, and they will take every power Satan's got away from him. He's talking about you. Sons of God will take every power Satan's got away from him. He said, Brother Wayne, you're... You're giving a lot of courage here. No, I'm giving the word here. The, the strength is in the word. Look at what he says. He says, Brother Brandon says, if you can hit Satan with the scripture, he'll be as powerless as he could be. Y'all know what's happening in this tent right now. You know it's taking place in this tent. Some of you were under things when you walked in this tent. But the longer I preach, the more powerless it becomes. Because we are taking the scripture and we're hitting that thing and we're hitting that thing until it's begun to lose its power upon your life. 
Satan is defeated by the power of the word of God. We know who we are. Sons of God, from the Logos of God, birthed into the earth, have had a new birth and back into dominion by a word. Do you see what it is? Jesus came among us as being the only amateur God without sin. The big God took on little Godship, but was God without sin. Come on, he became one of you. Brother Bram said when he was here in that position, he cursed the tree. He said, Preacher, why would you tell me that? I want you to watch what Brother Bram says about it. He says, Jesus turned and looked at his disciples. And he said, I say unto you, right? That's what he said. I say unto you. Brother Branham changes the wording and says, I say unto you, little gods. If you shall say unto this mountain. Brother Branham, in t- the you, he's talking to little gods who is a part of the big God. Come on, you can have the part if you say to this mountain, be thou moved and plucked into the sea. I say unto you, it's a personal thing. Now I know some people, amen, they can't hardly, they can't hardly go there. But this is a Caleb season. This is a season for the bride to go into the promises that have been made for us. The whole world has been waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. For See, we've received the Holy Ghost. But it's now time for it to manifest itself. It's not time just to say, Brother Wayne, I want to get the Holy Ghost. This is a time to manifest the Holy Ghost. This is a time when you don't sit still with the Holy Ghost and say, Well, I don't know what to do. I'll let this one do it. I'll let this one do it. This is manifesting time. The seals were broke open. To give divine instruction to the little gods upon the earth. To manifest written word. (laughs) The manifestations of God. Brother Bram said true sons. Who am I talking to? True sons. Born sons. Will speak the word. And I believe. He says it will be back. This is the day. When sons of God will speak the word. And it will flash like lightning. Preacher, what are you doing? I'm reading things over you concerning the action of this church. The action. Satan has warred you over the spoken word. There's been intellectual giants rise up, call you Janice and Jambers. They've stood against you, tried to, they actually, some of them making fun of me one time, started calling me a prophet because I believe son of man coming to the bride form. I said, we're not calling ourselves prophets. We're calling ourselves a prophetic people. I'm not a prophet nor the son of a prophet. I'm a member of the bride of Jesus Christ. And we're a prophetic people, a prophetic class, because we are a part of the prophetic word. The word is not just in the tapes tonight. The word has changed. There's been a change in the word. It changed. It left the tape. It's now in the bride. Living, breathing, manifesting, walking. Shocking. You have God says no eyes but yours. This is prophet. He has no hands but yours. Whether it's preaching the gospel by lip, seeing vision by eye, whatever it is, laying hands on the sick, whatever it is, it's Christ working through the branches. 
He is literally electrified by his presence. Electrification of the church by the presence of God. What is it? This is a season that missing limbs can be added while you're preaching the gospel. This is a season that we are living in. That the manifestation of the book of Acts is back in its power. In its fullness of its strength. They never exercised Mark 11 in the book of Acts. But the book of Acts has become in its full power under this message. Come on. You could be preaching the message tonight. And somebody sitting here and limbs could be added back. Blinded eyes could be opened up. Hearing could come back. Barren wombs can become fruitful. Saved can be, amen, lost can be saved. People without the Holy Ghost can get the Holy Ghost while we're preaching. Eternal life is dropping into this building by the power of the spoken word of God. We're not just putting out words. These are the words of God spoken by a vindicated prophet. Mountain before you, deity can move the mountain. Deity is not in heaven. Deity is in you. Come on, bride. William Branham identified the place of deity in this age. He turned and looked at the bride and said, Here it is. Deity is in the bride of Jesus Christ. Ye are the tabernacles of the deity of Almighty God. We are tabernacling the dynamics of the Holy Ghost. Speaking the word. So Brother Wayne, you've lost your mind. No, if you don't believe it, you've lost your Christian balance. So Brother Wayne, that's straight. I'm reading the prophet. He said, listen, if you must be identified with St. John, the 14th chapter and the 12th verse. He that believeth on me the works that I do, shall he do also. Don't forget it. If you do, you've got spiritual amnesia. You have forgotten who you are. You have forgotten what your testimony means. I'll go down to the bottom of it. If you say to this mountain, be moved, same quote. Don't doubt in your heart. Believe what you have said shall come to pass. You can have what you said. Can you be identified there to believe that is the truth? If it hasn't, then you're getting spiritual amnesia and you forgot. You have lost your Christian balance. You say that's unbalanced to believe those things. It's unbalanced to not believe them. You just don't know who you are. You don't realize the authority and the grace that God has put in this bride of Christ. Now I know some of you very much believe that and very much realize it. That we have literally become the tabernacle of the deity of God. I know there's powerful things. Mr. Putin over there thinks he's threatening us with a nuclear bomb because he thinks it's the most powerful thing there is. I got news for Mr. Putin. I got news for the devil. The atomic bomb is not the most powerful thing there is. The greatest power in the world is not an atomic bomb. It's a believer in contact with his maker. If there was not a law of faith, you could speak a world right now and go live on that world. 
But God has the law of faith controlling that. So he said whatever he can lead your heart to believe, that would be the possession of your soul. In other words, you can walk out on whatever you can believe. Now, I know we're sitting here tonight, and I piled a lot of things on you. But I want you to know something. The Bible said you're going to have an action. We know we're the people. We know God has sent strength. But it says we're going to have an action. There's going to be a manifestation in this church. It'll be the manifestation of the Word. The Word of God will come into it. And all hell is against that Word manifesting in the bride. Now, now I know sometimes it seems like. It seems like that it's just so overwhelming. That we're just not going to be able to make it. But can I say to you tonight. Amen. That hell is against it. But God has literally anointed you to do it. God is chosen the generation for it to happen. That the actions of the Holy Ghost is to come upon it. Now I know tonight, amen, we're in a season. And Brother David, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful season. But, but Brother Bram's gone. And as, as bad as we would like it that he would be here tonight, the prophet's not on the scene anymore. And William Branham whipped devils like nobody could whip devils. Brother Danny Steeman one time told a testimony being in Mexico. And it was a spirit on a woman come to the altar. And it, and it didn't want to leave. And the brother went over and picked up a book of Brother Branham's. Had his picture with a pillar of fire. And walked over to that demonic possessed woman and said, Do you recognize who this is? And the demon started speaking out. And said, Yeah, I recognize. That's William Branham. He cast me out of a meeting in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Those devils still remember the whipping they took in them meetings. Those devils still remember your grandfather's days. No different than it was after Joshua died in the, in the land of the Philistines. After Joshua died, do you know there was giants left in that land? Do you all know there was actually some of the same giants that Joshua had fought their ancestors was alive and Joshua wasn't there anymore. Showing us that after a prophet leaves the scene, some of them same demons that were in those meetings are going to come into our meetings. Some of them same unbelieving spirits are going to come against our meetings just like they did his meetings. But in the book of Judges, if you like to read it sometimes, Judges the third, the third chapter, the Bible actually says that God left giants in that land to teach the young people how to war. God left giants in the land of the promise after Joshua died for the sole purpose that the young people raised up would learn to war like Joshua knew how to war. He said, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying that God left some devils. He could have whipped them all in Brother Random's day, but he didn't. He left some of them devils to teach this young church how to whip devils like Brother Branham whipped devils. He taught us how to war. You said, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying there's going to be giants on your promises. If you want a fellowship, there's going to be a giant in that land. I don't care what promise you got, there's going to be a giant there. If you have a gathering, something will happen in that gathering that will make you not want to gather. That's a giant. In the land of healing, somebody will claim healing and not get it. There will be a giant in that land. 
whatever land you claim, there'll be a giant in that land that'll make you not want to go in there. But the giants is going to go on the good ground. Say, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying the giants you're facing are scarecrows. Jesus Christ already whipped them and the scarecrows have gathered around the promises to bluff this bride away from the promises of God. But we are made out of stuff that just won't bluff, brother. We know the devil's a liar and we're ready to pick up a sword tonight and we're ready to war like our granddaddy's war, like our forefathers' war. I tell you what we need to do tonight is pick our sword up and go to battle against those spirits of the wicked one that would take away the promises in this age. Your daddy can't fight all the battles for you, sis. You've got to learn to do it yourself. Your mama ain't always with you. Your preacher ain't always with you. But Jesus Christ is always with you. You've got to learn how to pick up your own sword. You've got to learn how to pick up your own Bible and say to that devil, Get off of my back, Satan. It's your generation. It's your season. It's your hour to war. And a prophet has stood here and taught you how to war like no other. He taught you to take the promises of God and start whacking that devil till he become powerless. I'll close pretty quickly. Can I say this to you? Don't you ever mix up that having war means that we have to put our worship aside. Don't you ever think that? Don't you think, amen, that just because we believe the word and we preach the word, that that's the only way we war? But do you know when God taught them to war in the Old Testament? That he taught them to war and the war always went with worship? Brother Tom, amen, Joshua didn't know how to get them walls down. He said, you walk them down. But six of those days he walked in silence. But on the last day, on the last round, The war took the sound of victory. I believe we're on the last lap around the walls of Jericho. I think it's time for you to go back to war. Use your worship and tear down the walls. Shout aloud, O daughter of Zion. Rejoice this day. Thy king cometh to thee. I believe it. I believe it. I believe you can shout the walls down, brother. I believe those, those things that's in front of you, you can begin to receive the word of God and say, I believe it, and begin to praise God before the change ever comes. And you'll praise that devil right out of your life. Praise God until the devil gets out of the tent tonight. I think the devil ought to be the most unwelcome person in this building. We ought to praise God till every devil says, I'm getting out of here, man. I'm leaving the tent. There's no place for me here tonight. It's not just one type, Brother Michael. I never built anything on one type. If it happened in Joshua, what about it when Josiah had that entire host come against him? He had an entire host. You know what he did? He went down to the house of God and began to pray. 
And God began to tell him, it's not your battle, it's mine, saith the Lord. And this is how, this is the war plan. Nobody ever had no better plan like this one. This is the war plan. Get your singers, get your musicians, and put them out in front of you. And by the time your warriors get there, your enemy will already be dead. I think you ought to praise God when you don't feel like it. You ought to praise God until you confuse the devils. They can't figure out why we praise God. But I'll tell you why we praise God. Because we know who He is. He is the God of Abraham. The God of Jacob. The God of reality. I believe we got a right to praise Him tonight. Confuse that devil. He said, well, that boy ain't got no reason to praise God at all. You start praising, he's just as confused as he can be. Of how you can praise God when all these things are happening around you. All these struggles, all these trials, all these problems. But here you are on a Thursday night in a tent praising and worshiping and shouting and rejoicing. Praise will open doors when they're shut. And it'll shut doors that are open. It'll destroy enemies and spirits because God has instructed us in His Word. Hallelujah! Let our musicians come. Don't let that devil take your praise. Don't you let that devil take your worship from you. I don't care what you're going through tonight. He can't have your worship. I don't care what else is taking place. You can praise God no matter what else is happening. I might not be able to buy a new truck, but I can lift my hands and praise my God. Come on, you might not be able to have a lot of money, but you've got something that the world don't know about. You can lift your hands and praise the God of Abraham who comes down in the meeting. I pray the God of Abraham and let your five or person in this building. Don't think I'm insane. Miracles will start breaking out among you. You start worshiping the God of miracles, you'll see miracles. You start worshiping the God of deliverance, you'll see deliverances. You worship the God of healing, you'll see healings. And we lift up His name tonight. He is more than a conqueror. He's a mighty God and He's worthy. You tell me this. You might not be worthy to speak his name. But he is worthy of anything you could say about him. I don't care who you are, where you're from, or what's happening in your life. He is worthy of your praise. He is worthy of your praise. He is worthy of you lifting his name and say, Thank you, Jesus, for the life that's in my body. Thank you for the sacrifice, Lord. Oh, God. 
Oh, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, Father. Thank you for it, Father. Thank you for it, Father. Thank you for it, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we lift your name. We lift your name, O oh Lord. We lift your name in this place among your people, oh God. We're asking you to visit us in a supernatural way, oh Lord. Oh, miracle-working God. Work among us, oh God. Act among us, skin, Lord. We welcome you, oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 You're so worthy, oh Lord. You're so worthy, oh Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Oh God.
else can touch my heart like you do. We could search eternity, Lord, and find there is none like you. Lord, there is none like you. No one else can touch Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for delivering me. Thank you, Lord, for touching me. We want to give you praise tonight, Lord. We don't want our praise to be empty, but we want to be from the depths of our soul. Thank you, Lord, for saving me, touching me, isn't there, of course. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, thank you, Lord, for... Yeah, save. No.
Him tonight. I really do. I really do. I really believe there's saints of God that believe the word of God that what you heard tonight, you believe what you heard. And you have told the devil, get off my life. I am a son and daughter of the living God. And the prophet said he sent Jesus to make this inheritance real to me sonship not churchship we're tired of churchship going and hearing a little service we want a service that's got life in it a service where people can get delivered set free loose amen let go but now leave meetings and and oh, we got excited because the preacher got excited. Saints, we've been excited for the last couple of years. He preached service after service after service that we preach at home. That is the mind of God. You might as well rejoice. Hallelujah. This is not the mind of man. This is the mind of God telling you who you are in Christ Jesus. Sit in church and you know, preacher, preach. No, sir. We mean business. We're in a warfare. We told the devil, get off this camp. Get off this camp. We have a right to shout and sing. We have a right to rejoice. Amen. Everybody here has a right to rejoice. Amen. Listen. Brother Wayne gave us gave us the recipe for victory. And not one, some of you don't even open your mouth. Conquer by praise. Conquer by worship. Uh-huh. You still have to learn that. We're too far down the road. The children of the Lord have a right to shout and sing. Is that true? Is that true? 
then you have a right to live tonight to praise him, to worship him, to speak the word. Satan, I adjure thee by the living God. Hallelujah. While they're preaching, limbs are growing. While they're preaching, sons are being birthed. Amen. While they're preaching, young ladies who never knew God can do great exploits. I tell you, there's victory already in the camp. And no devil's going to put this down. We've started way high. By the time we're finished, we're going to heaven. I'm in heavenly places, Brother Wayne. Don't stop now. Amen. The children of the Lord have a right to shout and sing. The children of the Lord have a right to shout and sing. The way is growing right. doesn't work no when you say glory to God I want to hear glory to God not just words glory to God amen for the children of the Lord have a right to shout and sing for the way is growing right and our souls are on the way Children of the Lord have a right to shout and sing, for the way is growing right, and our souls are on the wing. We are going by mind to the palace of the King. Oh, Yes, sir. How many believed what they heard tonight? Then there should never be another problem. Right? We, pre- Brother Wayne preached problems out of this church. You're problem free. You might, hey, problem free. Some of you getting it. This half got it. Let's try this half. You're problem free. How about this half? Are you problem free? Amen. Glory to God. Blessed be the name of my rock. 
Well, I better save some voice. Brother David's preaching in the morning. If he goes where he's going and you go where you're going, I think I'm going to have to pass the baton. (laughs) Don't you love the presence of the Lord? I mean, my goodness. The world, they have what they think is fun. To me, my parents always used to tell me, Tom, you're such a sour puss. You're so sour. Every time you come around us, there's no smile. I said, oh, I said, that's the problem. I'm around you. I said, you come to the house of God. Come on. You come to the house of God. I'll be smiling. I'll be shouting. I'll be singing. Amen. This is where we belong in the presence of the Lord. Amen. And if you young people and young adults could catch what was preached tonight, we are the invincible army. Not we will be. We are. And God bless God's servant tonight. And I trust that you've been built up into the faith. And you young men, as I've cried out with the prophet cried out, where are those mighty men? And I'd like you to raise your hand and say, I'm that mighty man that the gospel is calling for. You know, not a bunch of wimps come to camp and hallelujah, go to work, go back to your job and go back to wherever you come back and still have the same baggage and problems. I tell you what, burn your baggage here. And you go home a different people. And if God has so chosen to give us a kind of message like this tonight, what is he going to bring tomorrow morning and tomorrow night and the next morning? I say, God, raise us up into heavenly places. Amen. Brother John, will you come and close us in a word of prayer? Amen. Do you love him? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, from the depths of our hearts, Lord, we want to say thank you, Father. Lord, where would we be, Father, if you had not sent a prophet in this generation, Lord? Lord, the will of God has been revealed to us, Father, but not only that, but you've given us a heart to believe. Lord, many have heard this and have walked away from it, Lord. But in us, you've put something, oh God, that loves this word, that is attracted to the word, oh God. We can't get enough of this word. That's all we want. That's all we breathe, oh God. You are the reason for our being, Lord. We're not interested in anything else but the word, oh God. We thank you, Father, for there is a deep in us calling. And there was a deep that responded, oh God. Father, it's such a great privilege, Father, to be here tonight and to know who we are. To hear the word tell us who we are, Father. Oh, what joy it brings to my heart when I hear my Father tell me who I am. That I'm a son of the living God. That I'm His attribute made manifest. That the God who created heaven and earth dwells in me. That deity is in the bride of Jesus Christ. This is a revelation that gives us overcoming power. This is a revelation that makes this bread an invisible army, oh God. All hell rages against this revelation. But we love it, oh God. And we say amen to your word. What the word says we are is what we believe. You say we're an invisible army. We say amen to your word. 
You say we are the final voice. You say amen to your word. You say that we have overcoming power. Say amen to your word. We'll go from victory to victory, from glory to glory, oh God. Thank you for your word, oh God. Father, I pray that you cast all unbelief off this place, Father. For perfect faith, oh God, cast it all fear, oh God. We don't fear what tomorrow is, for we know where we stand, and we know who we are, oh God. And we're knowing whom we have believed in, Father. Father, we thank you for Brother Wayne Lawson, Lord. Lord, a man who's given his whole life to the gospel, Lord God, to serve your bride. Father, I pray for an outpouring of revelation, Lord God. That you will reveal yourself in greater ways, oh God. That you take him higher and higher and higher for the benefit of your people, oh God. Lord, we pray that you pour back strength into his body tonight, Lord Jesus. That we can hear from him again tomorrow evening, Father. But we're praying for his service tomorrow morning. Be your brother David Mayer, Father. We said tonight was great, Lord, but we want more of your word, oh God. It's just the first time we're hungry for your word. We set aside these four days, oh God, for six services, for an encounter with you. Each and every service, we expect God to speak to us, Father. Lord, go with your people tonight, we pray. Don't let the devil come and steal what you've deposited in our souls, oh God. May we water that seed with praise and thanksgiving, oh God. And may it bring forth after its own kind. For the spoken word can only bring forth a spoken word bride. And that's why we're here tonight, Lord. As it be your name, oh God. Lord, we love you, Father. We worship you, oh God. From the depths of our heart, we say thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Arise, possess your inheritance. We'll sing one more song before we go. Arise, possess your inheritance. For this is the year of
come with this tomorrow morning. Let's see what God will do amongst the church of the living God. Greet one another. God bless you all for coming. Amen. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.